This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. When you're at your best, you can do great things. But sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you want to. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. I've personally never tried therapy, but I've heard from friends it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com Waypoint to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Waypoint. Are you looking for a memorable getaway for your family that's packed with adventure? Look no further than Lake Erie. Powderhook, in partnership with the Great Lakes Fishery Commission, has all the resources you need to plan your adventure to the walleye capital of the world. The best part is, you don't have to be an experienced angler or own a boat to have a fantastic time on the water. While walleye are the main attraction, Lake Erie also offers excellent fishing for yellow perch, trout, steelhead, salmon, and bass. The options are endless, and there's so much to explore on Lake Erie. Knowledgeable and friendly fishing guides are eager to serve you. Whether you want to hire a charter, secure a seat on a headboat, fish from the shore, ice fish, or do a DIY trip on your own boat, all these options are at your disposal with a bit of planning and preparation. Find everything you need at powderhook.com. That's powderhook.com. We know what's biting and can help you enjoy a wonderful fishing experience on Lake Erie. How little do you need to survive? I mean, preppers stock up, but does that make you a target? Maybe the key to survival is knowing how to travel light and acquiring as you go. Today, I have an expert in survival with Laura Zara. Now, many of you will know Laura from her tours on the Discovery Channel's Naked and Afraid, but her background goes so much deeper than that. She's worked on crab boats. She's worked as a taxidermist. She's worked with horses, and she's the author of a knife-making book. All of those skills culminate to create this ultimate survival expert, and she's just really fascinating to talk to. On this episode of Gearbox Talk, she's going to be sharing how to get started with your own survival efforts. We're talking about the fundamentals of being prepared, how to set up your survival shelter, the best fire starters, and Laura reveals the single most important item for surviving. If that sounds amazing, make sure you subscribe. Hit that little bell. Laura will be back in a few weeks. You do not want to miss that show, which is on subsistence hunting. And on this show, she's going to drop all of the things in her survival bag. These are her must-have items in the event of an emergency or in a survival situation. Also, be sure to share this show with a friend who needs to up their survival game. Just go ahead and text it to them right now and tell them, you need this. All right, that's enough chit-chat. Let's talk survival with Laura Zara. Zara, welcome to Gearbox Talk. We're going to talk about beginner level survival here today, and I'm super pumped to have you on board. 
I'm excited. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. All right, let's dive in. If, if someone is just getting started and they're just starting to think about bushcraft and survival tactics and being prepared, what are the fundamental things that they need to consider? I think you just need to take a look at what your basic needs are. And people forget that. They want to learn all the fancy tricks and dive down the rabbit hole. But it's like, what are your basic needs? Food, shelter, fire, water. And what do you have around you to meet them? You can break it down into something as simple as that. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to know every trick in the book. I love that. And very condensed answers. I appreciate it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when you, you know, you and I've done another podcast together and I know you've done, you've learned a lot from trying and doing. And like when you first started learning survival camps and, and how to set up, you just went out and tried it. But for someone that, you know, is trying to get into that mentality, uh, what are the top priorities for approaching a bushcraft and survival camp setup? What do they need to keep in mind um, outside of maybe some of those in, initial fundamentals that you just mentioned? Yeah, so I always kind of look at it like what's going to kill you first. And usually it's going to be either dehydration or more likely exposure. So shelter building is one of those things that's not super glamorous, but it's really important. And I see so many people build terrible shelters and think that a primitive shelter means you're just going to be wet and miserable the whole time. And it's just not the case. So whatever environment you're going into, just build the a, a perfect shelter. Learning how to build a perfect shelter is huge. What what is that perfect shelter? I'm kind of curious now. Uh, I'm going to add a question yeah. in that I didn't prep you for here. Like, what's your approach to something that's doable, you know, without a ton of manpower um, mm -hmm. or getting able bodies to help, but also provides in those needs that you just framed up? Usually it's just way smaller than you're imagining because we all live in these big houses. <laughs> so we're thinking we need to build a smaller house that we live in, but still pretty big. No, build the smallest thing you can get away with. And normally, I build a shelter that will just shelter my own body. It's very small. And then I even have a separate shelter for a fire. So I have like a mini fire shelter kind of. But if you have a smaller shelter, it, it not only takes less resources, time and energy to make, you can make it better because it's there's less work to do. And also, um, usually you're, you're keeping your body heat in better that way. You know, your heat's reflecting. Like I love debris shelters. I grew up in New England building debris shelters out of leaves, you literally need three feet of debris on top of this to make it waterproof at all. And um, going in there, if it's small, then you're going to stay warm because your heat's reflecting off of that debris. But people want to build these monstrosities and it's just, it, it's not, not important. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen um, shelters that people have built in the woods every now and then when I'm out on public land and, and you're right. Like they are like recreating, <laughs> it's like the office I'm in right now. And, and it, it is kind of silly. And if you're trying to stay warm too, that's a terrible use of your heat too. So, uh, I like, yeah. I like the advice to stay small. You mentioned starting a fire and you know, people, there's a lot of brands out there now, you know, the, the, you see videos on the, the advertisements of like pulling it out of water and lighting it immediately. What's your approach to being able to start a fire and being prepared? Because um, as you said, that's one of the key things you need, need for either warmth or, or cooking your food. So what's your approach to uh, a fire starter? I've been super close to hypothermia several times. And I always carry this. If I'm in the backcountry, um, I take my lighter. And everyone laughs because I'm a survivalist, right? I'm supposed to have some super fancy gadget. But to be honest, the lighters never failed me. If it's too cold, then I put it in my pocket and it, it heats up because um, that's that's really all it takes. I keep it dry. I keep it in a Ziploc bag, really, um, you know, very technical. And um, 
I also carry with me this stuff called fire paste. And this isn't an ad, but it works really great. Mine's a little crinkled up tube. And you can put it on a piece of wood and it doesn't matter. I mean, you can light things up immediately. And for me, that's just easy. It's something that, you know, you can build your own fire starter, your own little kit, whatever. For me, this works. And I have a piece of P-cord that if everything goes wrong, I can use that. I can make a bow drill kit. I know I can do that. But I'm not going to go and make a bow drill fire every time I need to, you know, warm myself up. I'm going to use a lighter because it's easy. It works. And if I lose it, I can go to the gas station and get one for a dollar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a great point. And I, again, like I do feel like sometimes people over engineer that setup and the, you know, a good portion of their bag, which I'm, your bag is, um, I like your small setup. We'll talk about that on another show, but a lot of, they'll take up a lot of space carrying around stuff, totally. you know, to, to be able to light a fire and you're right. The lighter doesn't fail. Um, all right. So what is the single most <laughs> important item for any survival situation without knowing the location? If you're dropped into any spot out of, out of some of these basics we've talked about, what's the single most important survival tool to have? If I was going to be stuck with nothing else, um, I'm going to bring a knife. So I, I use a bushcraft knife, generally speaking. Um, this one, it's by Abe Elias. Um, it, it's great because it batons wood. It's hardy. It, it's really dual purpose. It carves really fast. And for me, if you're carving something, if I have to carve a trap or if I do have to carve a bow drill kit because I don't have a lighter because I only have this thing, it just it eats wood. And no knife can do everything 100%. Um, if I'm going to be butchering something, then, you know, I prefer something different. But if I'm going to be out in a survival situation, you're pretty much dealing with cutting up firewood, cutting things. I can beat this thing up so much. I mean, I have beat this thing up so much. And um, a knife that maintains an edge and um, still does its job, it's, it's just everything out there. You yeah. can't replace steel, a steel tool. And, and the uh, the one thing about the construction of that knife that's interesting is you know everyday carry is really picked up and a lot of people are into um, the clip knives or the and a flip knife that you know disperse with one hand, but mm -hmm. for survival I noticed you don't have it's all one single piece of material with the wooden Absolutely. handle on there. Um, I, I'm assuming you've you've thoughtfully chosen that because it stands up to that task. Yep. Yeah. If you have a knife that, um, even if it has a safety when it's open and it stays open, I've had those in situations where you're pounding on it. And even if it doesn't break, it's just not, it's not the way to go. Um, this thing, it's just, it's reliable. There's less parts to break. A lot of times if a knife is breaking like that, you're going to end up hurting yourself, yeah. which puts you into a whole different survival situation. So I always like the fixed blades. Awesome. Uh, that was it for this first Gearbox talk. We'll have Laura back on to talk about subsistence hunting. But for today on a beginner level survival overview, that was great. Laura, thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thank you, Laura Zara, for coming on to Gearbox Talk. As always, all of the gear that she mentioned will be in the show notes. I'm also going to drop a link into her knife-making book and be sure to pick that up. It looks really cool. And my other podcast with her, yes, there's another one coming on Gearbox Talk. And then there's a yet another that's coming on Restless Native. She's awesome. I've talked to her for like an hour and a half now, and I feel like I've had to gotten to have really deep, good conversations with Laura Zara. I'm a big fan, so I am certain she creates good content in her book, pick it up. If you buy any of this gear, Go Wild will be able to earn a commission. And when we make money, we donate a percentage of our profits back into an outdoor nonprofit. 
That outdoor nonprofit is Raising My Doors. They teach kids archery, how to hunt, fish, survive, camp, and it's a great way to give back. So if you're going to buy the gear anyways, buy it through the show notes, links, and support the show, support Go Wild, and support the kids. I mean, if you need no other reason, support the kids. If you really enjoyed this show, go ahead and subscribe. And again, I also called out that I've had her on my other show, Restless Native. So Restless Native is primarily a podcast. Uh, so go pull out your favorite podcast app and subscribe so that you can hear Laura's backstory. I actually really enjoyed talking to her. It was a fun conversation. We'll dive into how she became such a survivalist. And again, I really enjoy talking to her. I really like her as a person. And it's a fun, it's a fun chat. I hope you'll subscribe so you don't miss it. If you have ideas on who else we should have on a Gearbox Talk, drop those in the comments. If you have ideas on things I should have asked Laura, drop those in the comments. I'm reading all the comments, and we're using that very much to guide the show and where we're headed. That's it for me today. I really appreciate you guys showing up every single week to check out our Gearbox Talk content. But for today, I'm out. (laughs)